2: Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Please
1: welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. I got all my tech issues figured out and I am ecstatic right now. I'm feeling like the Kansas City weather, 70 and sunny. Matt Connor is joining me as always, Matt, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. You are sounding 70 and sunny. So yeah, it's nice to have you here uh, in this tech savvy way. Yeah, dude. You I do. You've some real sad problems. I've had some sad. First, my
2: car is like, "Hey, dude, go ahead and have a seven hundred and fifty dollar issue," and then it's like the next week, it's like, "Okay, dude, go have another seven hundred and fifty dollar issue," and then my laptop's like, "Hey, bro, so your cars is is messed up. Let's have your laptop mess up too." It's been a it's been a tough spring. It's been tough, but we're we're getting better. The Chiefs are making moves, and I'm feeling good. I'm I hit the I hit the links i I'm swinging the sticks. I'm hitting the ball pretty good right now. Ooh. if, if I, I'm talking golf for those who don't understand my lingo. so I'm feeling pretty good overall.
1: What's your handicap? Wait it, it, did I ask that right? I don't know anything yeah, about no, golf. But you did. I think that's uh, the thing to ask not good we're 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 talking
2: double digits. We're talking probably about a fifteen, sixteen realistically. I'm not gonna be pumping those numbers, okay.
0: You is don't that golf, good? do? Is that you not good? No,
2: no, it's it's very average. I'm a very slightly above average golfer,
1: and and slightly <laughs> if above. If there's average. not a windmill involved, I'm not golfing. Well, I was going to say
2: slightly above average brings us to our uh, sponsor, and that is Manscaped. Uh, if you want the best and men's below-the-waist grooming, go to manscaped.com. Use the code fansided 20 at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. That is at manscaped.com. They obsess over everything. Their technology developments provides you the best tools to clean up your family jewels. Again, fansided 20 uh, at checkout at manscaped.com. We're getting better at these professional reads right now, aren't we? You,
1: uh, I was going to say you're doing that very well, but then I didn't want to say you're getting very good at that because the that involved is really private. So I don't know. But in terms of reading about that, you're getting very good. Oh, so, I was
2: I was talking about yeah, the actual act of manscaping, not. but thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we <laughs> do want to get into some actual Chiefs talk. I, I feel like that's why we're here. Uh, So I'll throw it to you. Give us the Chiefs news.
1: Jaron Reed, ladies and gentlemen, it it was like right out of the gate. The Chiefs were red hot, right? Joe Tooney, almost Trent Williams, and then Kyle Long. And it felt like, all right, Brett Veach is Veaching all over the place. And then it was like a swing and a miss, another swing and a miss. And then just a, a ghost town. We had like, Two visits and no signings. It was just really weird. And uh yeah, it felt like mid-March should not feel like a ghost town. And it did, didn't it? It was sad. I wanted
2: Brett Veach to do a Jerry Jones and let like no one leave his house. Like remember when Jerry Jones apparently like kept Mike McCarthy like in his house or something like that <laughs> for like three days? Like I wanted Brett Veach to start doing this with players. I don't know the legality behind
1: it, but I, I you know, break, bend if the rules. If you're a billionaire, a you can do any. Yeah, yeah, I've been told you can do anything in this country if you're rich, and we should do that. Look, I'll tell you this. Here's how crazy. I like, I mean, if you're on Twitter and you follow General Chiefs Twitter, Josh Reynolds, who is a, you know, number three, number four sort of target for the LA Rams over the years was being talked about. Like he was the next great chiefs receiver to be. And then we were all like crying over the fact that he chose the Titans over the chiefs. And it turns out that dude got a contract for $1 million for one year total, which tells you what the NF, I mean, if money talks, then money's telling us that Josh, Reynolds is nothing but Demarcus Robinson (laughs) now in blue and white. And so we were just so desperate for something that we were all like, like we were holding on to Josh Reynolds balloon, like, like inflated it to the size of a Macy's Thanksgiving day parade float. (laughs) And, and really we should all be embarrassed of ourselves, myself included. Thank goodness for Jaron Reed. Am I right? You are correct.
2: That was an astrophobic breakdown right there because I think Jaron Reed is an actually good player. I like this signing for multiple reasons. One, this allows Chris Jones to show off his versatility. Jaron Reed came into the NFL as a run-stopping interior defense alignment. Where he's at right now is a very balanced interior defense alignment who can also get after the quarterback 19 sacks in the past three seasons. This allows, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. But this is one of my gut feelings, which is also telling me again indigestion, but that Chris Jones may play some D end. I think the Chiefs like Chris Jones at D end. They like being able to play some all along the defensive line, let his versatility and athleticism shine through. This allows Kansas City to keep teams on their toes. And this is not, I like Mike Pinnell, but he was a straight run stopper, right? Jerron Reed gives you so much more and it's on a pretty team-friendly deal overall. I- I'm very excited about this addition.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I'm I'm not sure I'm sold on Chris Jones as a defensive end. I mean, it's not like last year our defensive ends were that great. I mean, like like Passanio had five pressures last year on a quarterback, and he played sixty-seven percent. Of the snaps, like that is so anemic. I mean, if Jones were really going to be that great, I, you know, we could have put him outside before. I'm, I'm not sold on that. I don't know. I think the versatility is there. I think you're right. It does give us some more versatility. Here's what I like though. However, they're going to deploy all these guys. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and I think there's something to be said for lining up true disruptors right across from the guy you're trying to disrupt. And I know everyone is always looking for edge rusher, edge rusher, and it's hard to find like an Aaron Donald or a Chris Jones. But if Jaron Reed can be that kind of, hey, look, let's, let's put true disruptive guys right across from the opposing quarterback. If the Chiefs are just saying, let's make our pass rush primarily up the middle, I'm like, I'm here for it. And, um, and you know, of course, uh, like run defense is important, but, but yeah, I, I I like what he gives them in, in that regard. Uh, let me ask you this. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that Reed I don't think that Reed has been as known as a run defender in college or here in the pros, but John Schneider, uh, the Seahawks general manager said when he drafted him, he said, we just drafted the single best run defender in this entire class do you think that a change of scenery could maybe bring out some different things than what we've seen from him in Seattle? Sure. I, I, one thing I do
2: want to say is he was drafted as a run stopper, but I think he also realized you get paid by sacks. You, yep. you, you know, defense alignment, as much as we, you, you want to say, oh, stop the run. We've seen this time and time again. Teams don't value or pay for setting the edge. They just don't. I do think that on this team, he could do a little bit of both. And that's the versatility that you want. Again, it kind of brings it back to Mike Pinnell is he was just a run stopper. And he's fine. He was good at that. But even then, sometimes you're kind of like, let's get some pressures. Let's get something going on the quarterback. This is a guy who can do both. And I know you said you don't like Chris Jones at D-end. Seeing Chris Jones in the past at the end, he was still able to get to the quarterback. He was still able to be disruptive. I'm not saying every down. I'm just saying allowing him the possibility gives his team a lot more options. And I like options. I love
1: that. Yeah, I know. I don't disagree with you there. Let let me ask you this. So you're not painting a picture of, uh, oh, now that we have Reed inside, we can kick Jones outside and therefore the need at defensive end isn't all that great like like would you say that or are you not saying that
2: no 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 i i think that you can use him to maybe you don't have to go out say, just for example melvin ingram came to kansas city and they left without a deal again come on pull a jerry jones keep him at your house keep him hold him hostage didn't happen <laughs> i don't know if this completely takes Kansas City out of the Ingram, I don't want to say sweepstakes because I don't know how many teams are vying for an injury-prone uh, D-end, but this to me kind of leads me to believe that probably aren't going to go after and sign both Reed and Ingram, so that way you can use Chris Jones at D-end. I just don't think they are going to just say, hey, Chris Jones, you're now officially an edge rusher. That's not the case. I think we'll see him, I don't know, 20% of the time line up at you know, on the outside and then the other 80 on the inside. But I think the versatility position is there. I don't know about you, but do you think that this signing one spells the end of Melvin Ingram to Kansas city? And two, who would you rather have Melvin Ingram or Jaron Reed? Uh,
1: No, no, no. I, okay. No, I think that Ingram is still a possibility and, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if some veteran addition isn't made there, Uh, there's just still too many question marks for me that said, like Jaron Reed to me was a huge addition and I, I am probably overplaying this, but I just think if the game is won and lost in the trenches, what the chiefs have done is on both sides of the ball, looked at the heart of those lines and said, we've got to get better. So, you know, with, with Tooney And long on the offensive side, Um, you know, now, um, you know, now with Reed inside here. here, here's the other aspect of this that I love. Chris Jones looked gassed last year in the playoffs, right? I mean, that guy is, is taking so many reps for so. the chiefs are not playing 16 and now 17 games. The chiefs are playing 20 games in a year that is a lot of snaps and you know, like we, we, we love the idea of Reed lining up next to Jones lining up next to Clark. But the reality is what we're needing here is some, is someone to spell these guys and still maintain an effective line. And when the chiefs are having to make tough calls about like, you know, what do we do with Colin Saunders? What do we do with Turk Wharton? What do we do with these guys who, um, who may or may not be able to make the active roster because maybe things are getting too crowded. Uh, that's a good problem to have when you need trenches that can go for twenty twenty-one games. That's a very good point. And
2: the depth of this interior defensive line is one of the best in the NFL, I would say. Between Chris Jones, Jaron Reed, Derek Naughty, uh, Tershawn Wharton, you know, uh, Colin Saunders. I mean, you have options here. You have young talent, you have proven veteran talent, and then you have absolute top-end talent in Chris Jones. This this is a one of the best, I would say, groups in the NFL right now.
1: Interior. I'm not talking straight D-line. I mean, not, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. But imagine if the Chiefs add a first-round pick at defensive end just how good this line can be with Spags. Yes. For first, yes. Uh But two, I don't know the likelihood
2: of them going out and doing that. Who was the guy last year? Uh Gross Matas. Was it from Florida? I think he was still on the board. He actually may have gone pretty late uh in the second round. I, I thought that he could have been a potential option if he was still on the board, and that wasn't the case. I don't know if they'll go first round just based on one offensive line, two wide receiver. We'll probably touch on that a little bit later on, but there's no real great veteran wide receivers left. And if you're going in saying, hey, we got Tyreek, D-Rob, McColl, and and Byron Pringle, uh, I don't know my confidence level there. So I I just think that first-round draft pick on a defensive end seems like too much of a luxury at this point. Although I will give you, with Frank Clark, realistically coming off the books after the season they do need to start investing some more into that position
1: yeah and as we saw with d ford and others i mean that just takes so long to develop as a pass rusher there so you know i I don't think it's just for this year i I do think it's a future play but uh but yeah tell you what we'll be back with more on passing yo and what we're passing yo uh, here in just a minute. We'll be right back after the break. Sterling, you know the Chiefs have been in on one offensive tackle. Like, like we're hearing things. What
0: Rumb- are you
2: hearing? Rumblings, and that's Russell Okung. Uh, obviously, this would be fantastic. I'm, I'm not going to lie. If the Chiefs land a Russell Okung, I would be stoked. I get it. It's not Trent Williams. I understand, but this is still a proven veteran left tackle. I like having someone who who I've known has done it before than just throwing someone out there. I don't think Mike Rimmers is going to be the answer at left tackle. Sure, Mike Rimmers at right tackle is fine, but then that means do you trust Lucas Niang starting his first game in the NFL at left tackle? Do you trust a rookie starting his first game in the NFL at left tackle? Protecting the most valuable asset in the NFL, give me a veteran, and if Russell Okung is that guy, I'll take it. What do you think about the potential of Russell Okung?
1: I like it. I don't want to Josh Reynolds it, right? <laughs> I mean, so here is a guy who's played 15 games in the last is it, I mean, I think it's right at 15 games in the last two seasons. Now he's like firmly in his mid 30s. I uh, you know which. Sounds young in real life, but it's ancient in the NFL. I mean, are, are you, what are you doing with health concerns there when you talk about your excitement? I think that
2: getting him, the, the reason why the health concerns don't affect me as much as it would on other teams is you do have some resiliency pieces, some backup guys who in a pinch can take over. I don't want Mike Rimmers to be in my week one starting left tackle, but can he fill in? Sure. Uh, I think the Buccaneers may have been an outlier. Uh, Again, Lucas Niang, maybe he starts at right tackle or right guard, but once he gets his feet wet, maybe you say, okay, now we can throw him in there. I I would prefer Russell Okung being the week one starter. And if something happens, okay. But again, i again? I understand the injury concerns, but the Chiefs at least have some depth pieces that make this, I think, a little bit more bearable if something were to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you. I guess I just wanted to ask about the health aspect. The Sammy I like Watkins, him, of I think, offensive I, linemen. <laughs> yeah, the Sammy Watkins of offensive linemen. The, the <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, you know, I, the Tony Moiaki of the offensive oh. front. <laughs>
2: Dude, for like seven seasons, I'm like, yes, Tony M- Moiaki, Mow- he's going to break out. Be a stud.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I'm with you. I would take him if they could get him. I think the price should be right. It just makes sense given his injury history. I don't know why it would have to break the bank. And uh, and I think the ring aspect of all this could also be an influence if if multiple teams are interested there. I also think he's the kind of addition that won't happen until after the draft because there's a lot of tackles to be settled yet um, with a lot of need. And so I if I were his agent, I would tell him, let's wait till the dust settles and and see who you who you really want to play for. So uh, it may it may be a while there. who knows? Yeah, because I, I would assume
2: he'd probably want to go to a spot where he knows he's the starter too. I think just realistically at his age, I don't know how much he'd want to just ride the bench and be in an insurance policy when he has had some very good
1: seasons. I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense there. Tano passing you to the New Orleans Saints on a two-year deal, and the Chiefs reportedly made a last-ditch effort to bring him in. So uh, the Chiefs lose one of their own to um, to a nice New Orleans team. What, like, what do you think of this? Are you sadly missed out? Are you happy to see Passigno head to to the big easy? Uh, I'm
2: very... Well, I am upset a little bit because I think TK was one of those guys who, sure, he's a project and we always talk about potential and, and all of that stuff, but he was one guy who I would have liked to bet on. Just based on his athleticism alone, his height, his speed what he could bring, it was so tantalizing. And maybe he never reaches up to that. I mean, so many guys have had that happen where you're like, how did he not become a superstar? I'm not saying he's become a superstar, but I I always thought that he still has one of those guys who could become a late bloomer and be a very effective pass rusher. I think it's a good deal for the Saints. They lost some some dudes on the D-line. They seem to develop them down in in new orleans so i would not be surprised if tk uh comes out and, and has a, a very good season because they seem to develop some some prospects down there but yeah i am sad because if i was if i was to hitch a my wagon to a a project it would have been tk what do you think are you sad by this or do you think it was time for yeah I'm, for change of scenery
1: yeah yeah i'm kind of with you on this um you know it's hard it's hard not to watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Shaq Barrett and remember that for 5 seasons like for a full half decade Denver Broncos fans were like who is this bust and why do we keep him around and then you know then he goes to Tampa Bay and he becomes one of the elite pass rushers in the league you know D Ford was a late bloomer for the Chiefs we saw Emmanuel Ogba come in and look fairly good as a pass rusher for the chiefs. And that was after he'd flamed out in Cleveland. Um, we're still hoping taco Charlton turns into something sure. after he was a first rounder. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's not like in some ways I feel like people can look at like Charlton and like, Hey, there's still something there. Let's try for it. And then they look at TK and they're like, uh, oh, that bum never produced anything. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's a two sided thing. And I think every fan base does it but um, but I'm with you i'm I'm a little bit kinder overall to pasio, and i I would have loved to have seen him maybe at least a fifth season because coming out in Villanova he was so raw
2: again. I think that d end typically for pass rushers tends to be a position where it takes a long time to develop, and the reason why is you're going up against the best offense alignment left tackles, right tackles typically are the best offense alignment a lot of times they're veteran guys. I mean, when you when you look at how long tackles play compared to other positions, you're like that dude's 33 like Trent Williams for example. Like do you think a rookie's going to go up against Trent Williams and win throughout the game? I mean, I I mean, Eric Fisher, Mitchell Swartz, you're going up against these studs. It takes a while for your body to develop, your technique to develop. I think that's one position- one position where you have to say all right you, you probably aren't producing your first couple of seasons, give these guys time unless you're chase young in that case you're just an absolute monster
1: yeah 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 uh, you you know you're making a great point there, especially the longevity of tackles it's just it's just hard it's hard for anyone to uh, i mean that's why you know teams reach for pass rushers and uh and will continue to do so but um yeah, I'm with you. Uh, what about some other odds and ends that are happening? I know the Chiefs just re signed a guy, right? Yeah, Tajay Sharp. So, Tajay Sharp, he's been
2: around the NFL as a wide receiver for about four seasons now. He was on the Chiefs practice squad last year, he got a one year deal this year. My initial reaction is okay, like, 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 it's one of those things, like, sure, uh, you need. You know depth. You need depth. I, I don't think he's going to step in and all of a sudden go from never having over six hundred yards in a season to being a thousand yard receiver, being the legitimate, legitimate bona fide number two. But what do you think of, of this signing here?
1: Yeah, I, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I think you're right when you say like, okay. Um, I mean, you know he. He'll, he'll be familiar to fans because he put up decent numbers in Tennessee when he was a rookie, but that speaks more to the lack of options that Tennessee had in 2016 versus 2019. And uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, he's a practice squad addition late. Uh, if you get excited about the likes of Dalton Schoen, who by the way, is a member of the chiefs or uh, Dieter, or Maurice French, or like if those names wow you, then you may love having Sharp on the roster. But honestly, I'd I'd probably be more excited if we added Shannon Sharp today as an analyst back to like the active roster as a player than I would Tajay Sharp. No offense to Tajay Sharp, but... Also, Shannon Sharp is absolutely jacked. Like,
2: yeah, Shannon- I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, like that dude is cut. His biceps are bigger than my thighs. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. That's so true. I mean, I'm not a big dude, but Uh, like massive biceps. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm thoroughly like, and again, I'm just, it's when you see him on a sports talk show next to like Skip Bayless, you're like, dude, this dude is massive. No wonder he was so
1: good in the NFL. He makes like normal sized people look like they're ants. That's so true. That's so true. Let it be known though, that I would be more excited about skip Bayless joining <laughs> the chiefs than I am about Jose sharp. So, you know, they're just all things relative. I just want to make sure everyone knew exactly what I thought about all of this important question to you, Sterling. Let me, who hear. was, who was your TV childhood crush?
2: Oh, that's really good. Um, when I was really young, not really young, um, I th- Arrested Development. You ever watch Arrested Development? Sure, sure. Ellen DeGeneres' wife, uh, what's her name? Portia. Um, Portia. Yeah. yeah, Portia. Yeah. I. I mean, dude, like you're like sixteen. She was a attractive lady, and then obviously now, for multiple reasons you know, zero shot, but you know, I, as, as a kid, I thought she was a very pretty lady. Uh, obviously what, what was the, um, that was the crush. Yeah. That, that, that was the one. What about you?
1: Well, when I grew up, I was watching the wonder years. Did you ever see that show? No. So now I'm going to have no idea. Oh, now well I, now never mind. I, yeah.
2: Now I feel like a jack wagon. Now I feel like he's well, still going to say too cause, late. Cause I, mo- it wasn't most- the first time. Most people will understand this reference, just my youngness won't.
1: You're just too young. You're too young, my friend. But Winnie Cooper, the lead character, was into this neighborhood girl, Winnie Cooper, and she's just the dream of all things. And uh, so, yeah, I, I loved her. I was just thinking of her earlier, and I don't know why today, but uh, you know, when we were recording, and I'm talking about Tajay Sharp, my mind goes to Winnie Cooper. So I just... What about it's really an unnatural segue there? I'm not sure how to tie all this together. When I think of Winnie uh,
2: Cooper, I think of either Winnie the Pooh or Pharaoh Cooper or Amari. Why did I think of Pharaoh Cooper before Amari Cooper? My, <laughs> you know, how I, I probably watch
1: too much football is I'm thinking of like fourth string wide receivers. I'm in, I'm in Pharaoh Cooper. I mean, I know who you're talking about. What about Cooper Cup? Is that that guy's? Yeah. Would you, dude, is that big Pharaoh Cooper, Cooper Cup? Cup? Yeah,
2: Farrah Cooper Cup. I would love if Cooper Cup came to Kansas City. Now, that's that's a wide receiver I could get
1: behind. Wait, say that three times fast. Cooper Cup to Kansas City.
2: Cooper Cup to Kansas City. Cooper Cup to Kansas City. Cooper Cup to Kansas City.
1: Oh, man. I could tell you talk for a living. All right. That's good. Are
2: you proud of me? I that was easy, actually. That was child's play. Give me something difficult.
1: Uh, how about this? Give me something else Chase-related that you're excited about heading into the next week. What's the next move you hope to see?
2: I want Willie Gay Jr. to start week one. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Give me wi- free Willie Gay. Free Willie, baby.
1: Free Willie. I've, man, I'll I'll say this in reference to that. If Matt House is worth his whatever they're paying him as linebackers coach, Willie Gay Jr. needs to be on the field week one. None of this. I mean, if you've got, yeah, we make the COVID excuses for last year, no preseason, blah, blah, blah. Despite LeJarious Sneed and other rookies being ready week one. If you can't get that guy ready for week one, we got to look at who's getting him ready. That's what I think.
2: Matt House made me think of Waffle House and the entire time you were talking, all I was thinking about was some hash browns. Like just chopped, smothered with jalapenos.
1: Mm. Smothered and covered and whatever else. All right. That's it. We are also smothered. Uh, <laughs> Sterling is covered. And uh, we hope we have the Chiefs smothered and covered both. My name is Matt Connor. You can find me at Matt Connor AA on Twitter. Sterling Holmes is at smothered and covered <laughs> or at, at stretch KC. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict podcast. I just said welcome, but we're saying goodbye. We'll see you next time.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then,